What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. On behalf of Baseline Times, I am your host, Cheval. I'm back in the building to talk about the NBA actually happening. That's right. We got an NBA schedule. July 30th is the date. The NBA teams in about a couple weeks will be heading in my backyard in Orlando, Florida. I'm excited. I'm happy. As you guys can tell, uh, it's it's been a great weekend. So I hope you guys are, are doing well out there amidst everything going on. Uh, we are doing well here at Baseline Times. Today, I'll be introducing a new team member who will be covering NFL for us. I'm super excited to introduce him. And we have a new New England Patriot to talk about as well with the NFL. So stay tuned for that coming up in the first segment. The bottom segment here, I'll be with Gabe and we'll be talking about the NBA return and the NBA schedule and what to expect from the NBA coming up here as uh, preliminary talks are going to be taking place of who's going to go to the playoffs. What about this play-in? And so much more we can discuss as the NBA definitely will be returning uh, so far, you know, with Florida and a spike in COVID-19 cases. Uh, hasn't really scared away sports just yet. Of course, they'll still be fanless. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Baseline Time's newest member. Josh, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the team. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, Josh. So you are going to be our NFL guru the NFL expert here. You're a big NFL fan, so I'm glad to have you on board. Uh, basically, you know, as we always do with our new team members, we just want to introduce you and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your favorite sports, where you're from, and w- what made you love sports so much. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been a sports fan my whole life. Uh, I've, uh, I remember being a little boy growing up uh, in uh, North Florida and watching the Florida Gators uh, football with my dad and laying on the couch and uh, being very, very young and having that be one of my earliest sports memories. Um, I've been a Sacramento uh, Jaguar season ticket holder. Uh, we've been season ticket holders for years from day one. Um, I'm actually uh, working security at the stadium. Uh, so I get to watch all the home games. So uh, I'm uh, very privileged when I get to see those games. I, I'm, I'm very busy during the games, but I get to see a lot of the games. Um, but I've also been a hockey fan, soccer, uh, the Orlando City Lions are, are the team that I follow in the MS, MSL. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, hockey, I'm, I'm a big Tampa Bay Lightning fan. So I kind of am spread across the board. But it's, a, it's a, sports has been something that's been in my life pretty much from day one. That, that's really awesome. I mean, we we kind of met by, like, mistake. It's not like we just had a Florida connection here. So we, we genuinely just met. And we, you just happen to be in North Florida. I'm in Central Florida. Um, are you originally where, – where were you born? Were you raised North Florida? I was born – Born in St. Pete, actually. Oh wow! Uh, right near, right near the stadium. Uh, and uh, but I've lived in North Florida pretty much my whole life. But I've I've been all over the state. I've been in Sarasota, Gainesville, uh, Bradenton, um, Orlando, Kissimmee. Uh, you name it. I've been all over the state. That's really cool. I'm always glad to have another Floridian on board. Now we have a, we have a Dolphins fan, uh, we have a Jaguars fan, and a Bucks fan, a part of our team. So this is always gonna this is gonna be a lot of fun coming up here. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm a Gator too. So you know, go Gators. But uh, this this has been just an ironic way, you know, in the recruiting process for you. And I didn't expect another Floridian. So this is this is going to be really fun for us. I uh, really enjoy you being here. Uh, how, how about some of your favorite like athletes like growing up and then like present? Like what's past and present for you athletes looking like? Wow. Um, like I said, you know, sports has been something I've been into my whole life. And, you know, if I look back, I, I thought about this question a little bit. Um, you know, I, I got to go back and give credit to the guys who were there basically from day one. You know, I look at Joe Namath and everything that he did. 
Um, you know, Brett Favre and his long career retiring and coming back. Um, Peyton Manning uh, was a, a fantastic player. Um, my Jaguars broke his heart several times. and That didn't really hurt my feelings at all. Um, for all you Colts fans out there, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, you, you got to look back at, you know, before I was a Jaguars fan, I was a Bears fan. Um because we didn't exist. We didn't exist until 1995. So the team that I watched was the Chicago bears and watching Walter Payton, uh, sweetness and, and watching everything that he did and being an inspiration role model, the man of the year and, and the magic that he could perform on the, on the, the field and, you know, go back to the 72 dolphins and Larry Zonka. And, um, you know, there's just so many, so many players out there that have, uh, found their way into the hall of fame and and, in people's hearts. And and, uh, they've really made an impression on me as well. That's awesome, man. What about like present day? What, what's, who's like, who would you like put on just to watch a ball game these days? Um, you know, I, I really like Gardner Minshew. Uh, he has done a lot. Um, he kind of turned out to be, you know, the third string emergency backup quarterback. And when Nick Foles went down with an injury, uh, the beginning of the, the 2019, 2020 season um, and broke his collarbone, there wasn't an option. You know, we had to play Gardner Minshew and Gardner stepped in and, and went six and six and, and pretty much shocked everyone in the NFL that this kid from Washington state as you know, sixth round draft pick emergency backup quarterback stepped in and played as well as he did. And I think the ceiling for him is just, you know, a thousand miles up there. He's just going to keep on getting better. And remember that, you know, this past season was his first year and knowing that he did as well as he did and the game's going to start to slow down a little bit more for him. Um, you know, when players come out of uh, high school into college, you know, they say the players are bigger and stronger and tougher and meaner and more aggressive. And then when they go from college to the NFL, you know, the big word that we use uh, that, that we've heard used so many times is that the game goes fast. Right. It goes so fast. Guys trying to keep up with plays and getting on and off the field and who they're going to sub out and who they're going to change up and the different defenses and different offensive structures. And the more experience that a player has, the game tends to slow down for them. And so I think that's going to happen for Gardner and, and he's just going to get better and better and better. So he's, he's just a, uh, Definitely one to watch. Yeah, I can agree with that, man. I actually enjoy I had tuned into more Jaguars games this year than I ever had in my life, <laughs> to be honest with you, and that's just because of Gardner. So he's a draw, man. I absolutely I, I enjoyed watching him. I, you can see obviously the improvement, you know, game by game, but uh just everything that he brings to the field. Definitely fun to watch there. A- any other players, man, that crosses your mind beyond the Jaguar players? To put you on the yeah, spot, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, all the off-season trades, all the things, players that have moved around, um, you know, Cam Newton getting a new team, um, Philip Rivers getting a new team, um, you know, all these guys wearing different uniforms. It's going to be a, a bit of a treat to see how they play with their new teams, and um, you know, the the AFC South. Uh, is going to be interesting, you know, having a player like um, Philip Rivers go from the Chargers to the Colts and then having, you know, Cam Newton leaving the NFC, going into the AFC. Now he's going to be playing for the Patriots, so he's going to be there as well. And then you've got Gardner and you've got, you know, you've still got Deshaun Watson, who kind of has been put on the back burner and, and you know, no need to have that at all because he's still a fantastic quarterback. And, you know, don't forget about, you know, Pat Mahomes playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're still an AFC team as well. So um, I think the AFC is, is really the the conference to watch. I, I think there's a lot of power there. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you're a big AFC guy. Um, how about, like, you know, outside of sports, man? You actually do have a separate podcast. Um, one of the reasons that, you know, I enjoyed having a conversation with you in the recruiting process was you had, you're a podcaster. Tell us about your podcast you have off to the side. 
I am. Uh, I lived in Orlando for about 17 years, and I was a theme park employee. I worked for SeaWorld, and I worked for the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, I actually was a aquarium diver for the uh, SeaWorld uh, Park there in Orlando, and I listened to lots of the other podcasters that talked about vacations in Orlando and Florida and all the, the, the great things to mm-hmm. see and do in the Disney parks. And, you know, the first thing I thought of was, you know, I I can do that. I can do that. It's not impossible. I can do that. And, you know, there's been a bit of bumps. There's been some learning curves, but uh, my podcast is called the Florida Fun Podcast, and you can find us on the Google Play Store Breaker, Anchor.fm, uh, we're in a lot of different places. So definitely uh, check us out if you like uh, fun things to do with Florida. We, you know, I bring my my kids into the podcast. Uh, we talk about uh, the state and uh, you know different trips we're going to take. And so there's going to be a lot going on with that as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely a fan. I, I'm a fan. Your your daughter was great, man. I'm I'm being you know honest with you. That was a fun episode to hear the kids' perspective about because I know what Florida is about. I've been in Orlando all my life, but just to hear it from from somebody so young was was great and it's just unique and different um yeah and i noticed that uh yeah you definitely follow follow uh that podcast uh it's at florida fun six uh, on twitter um yes check the check out check out that podcast guys so you know josh that that's i like it man there's a lot more to florida than what you hear about florida man on the news so we we have we have a great vacation <laughs> spot here you know we, we get a flack you know sometimes which isn't all cool but you know there, it's a good time man and Obviously, with the way the world is right now, definitely a little concerned with everything reopening. But, you know, at some point, it is still a good time for, for families to come here. And there's some adult things to do. I'm sure at some point you're going to do an adult episode. I'm assuming, you know, some adult things. Absolutely. I, I trust you fully. This guy, has, he's employed by, you said, Zero and Disney. I mean, that that's enough. That's all you need to know. Yeah. If, you're a, if you're not a Floridian, you know, trust this podcast here. Uh, well, you know, Josh, glad to have you on board here. Um, you know, glad to we got to see a little bit about you, hear about about you a little bit here. Um, obviously, we brought you on to talk about some NFL here, some football, pretty much. And you know, uh, first thing, it's funny we were on the, having a conversation the other night, and you know, towards the end of our conversation, the news broke that Cam Newton was going to be signing that one year deal with the Patriots. Um, you know, being that you're an AFC guy, uh, how do you? What's your overall reaction to this? How do you feel about this? You know, I, I, I put Cam Newton in the same box that I would put, um, you know, lots of these other quarterbacks who maybe have stayed maybe a bit too long on their teams. Maybe the shine has kind of gone off the apple just a bit. Um, but I think he still has a ton of talent left. Um, he's had, you know, some injuries that maybe have kept him sidelined off and on. But uh, Cam's a warrior. Cam's, Cam's definitely going to land on his feet. Um, I think the Patriots are a great landing spot for him. Um, I think they're looking for... Uh, a, a rebound after Tom Brady moving on and going to the Buccaneers. Um, and I think, you know, he's a, he's experienced. I think he's a warrior. He knows how to win games and all his time playing with the uh, Carolina Panthers has just been a training camp for him. Um, he's going to go in, he's going to be there with Jared Stidham. He's going to be there with Josh McDaniels. He's going to find a new way to kind of reset his career. And uh, I think he's, he's really going to step in and, and, and be fantastic. So um, definitely keep an eye on the England Patriots. They're they're going to be a threat this year. Yeah, I, I like the move for him, especially because there was a big vacancy when we kind of broke it down around um, after you know, well before the draft and after free agency had uh, started for the NFL. You know that that was a vacancy. Um, obviously, the Chargers were a vacancy. Uh, and, you know, places Cam could go if you know Brady wasn't going to go there. Of course, Brady went to Tampa within the first couple of days of free agency. But uh, I, I've seen plenty of Cam Newton being an NFC South fan. 
Um, well, Buccaneers fan, I should say. But as a rival, um, yeah, I always hate to see Cam Newton get the first down and do the Superman, you know, try to t- t- take his shirt off. But that was always what I saw as a Bucks fan out of Cam Newton. Um, but he's tough when he's healthy. He he's a he's a great quarterback, man. So um, I think you know, as an athlete, I, I respect him, and I think he, like you're right. He he has a lot of talent left, a lot of gas in the tank. Uh, definitely needed to get healthy. That was definitely a major concern. Um, and I think he's in a good spot, man. Like you said, it's a, it's a spot where they, they need some sort of reboot, kind of need a rebound from Tom Brady. I think it's favorable for him and also for the Patriots. As according to reports, it's like a $1.1 million deal uh, with some, some incentives for him to get up to $7 million out of the contract. So I think it's cool that he has that opportunity. And a little, it kind of seems a little bit similar to, you know, kind of like that. I'm calling it the Teddy Bridgewater effect where we saw him take over for Drew Brees partial, you know, last season. And then now he landed that big contract and he's ironically in, you know, Carolina. <laughs> so, um, but Cam was also started to me, you know, um, Josh, he was never somebody that was like a, a Jameis Winston situation where he was just going to go in and back up a, a quarterback like that. I don't, I didn't see Cam like that. And that's how much, you know, I, I kind of respect and appreciate him. He definitely a starter though. Um, but what do you think about the Patriots? You know, I think the Patriots have a lot of weapons now. Um, and they're, they were scary to begin with and, and getting rid of Tom Brady, uh, me being an AFC South guy and knowing that eventually the road was going to have to go through, uh, you know, New England is going to have to go through, uh, the, the New England Patriots to get to the Super Bowl. You know, I thought, finally, we have a break. Finally, we're not going to have to do anything. And then they end up signing Cam, uh, you know, like you said, you know, the old job in Carolina's closed, that door is locked behind him and Cam finds his way in, uh, to New England. Uh, to uh, to uh, Foxborough, and 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 so the problem is going to be now, what's going to happen? And and I think Cam is a lot. If he can stay healthy, like you said, uh, he's kind of a sneaky guy. He, he's never you know the top passer in the league, but he's you're certainly in the top you know three, four, five out there. And uh, I've seen some games from his. Um, I'm a big fantasy football guy, and I've seen some games of his that he just knows how to win. He, you put the ball in his hands, he can stick the ball in the end zone, he can break your heart in the last quarter. And, um, and, you know, like I said, as long as he can stay healthy, he's, he's like you said, he has a lot of gas left in the tank. He, he really is somebody that I think you need to keep your eyes open because he's he's going to be a threat. And, and the Patriots definitely stepped up their game by signing. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, everybody will look at the roster on paper. I've seen a couple of things already, a bit different opinions looking at the roster on paper. It doesn't really look like a lot of names that anyone's familiar with. But in my opinion, again, when you were coached by Bill Belichick, I really am not going to say anything about no name guys right now until i see them play Mm -hmm. uh i think i'm going to go with that safe bet for right now because you know if you answer cam i mean you know cam is mobile if he's if he's mobile like he is then you know sometimes that running back that you may not have you know a star running back or that star wide receiver you still got cam newton that's mobile and can get you some yards and you know kind of just get comfortable i think it's kind of the opposite of brady you know you have to that check down the short passes from brady now you have cam who can kind of get you a few yards here and there on on the ground and it kind of just inch your way up and then get those plays but uh no it's gonna be fun to watch um so you know we we're here in florida where miami dolphin fans kind of made a little bit of noise and then think that they can take that division how do you feel about that division now that cam newton's there where where does it put the dolphins and bills I, I think the Bills were probably the same way that we were in the AFC South, you know, thinking that finally this was going to be their division to win. This was going to be the way for them to step through. Uh, you know, Josh Allen was going to be able to step up and become the big hero quarterback that, you know, that he was in college and the way that he, you know, kind of got them into the playoffs a couple seasons ago back in 2017. 
And, you know, I think, uh, you know, looking like you said, like almost like the no-name offense. I mean, you've got Cam Newton, who's a big name, but you also got Jared Stidham, you got Brian Hoyer, you know, guys who, you know, probably if you followed them in college or if you knew who they were going into where they play now, you probably would know that. But probably the average NFL fan, you know, if you asked him who Jared Stidham was or what college did he go to, uh, wouldn't really have a clue. And, and Brian Hoyer has been around the NFL so long he's pretty much worn every uniform out there. So I don't think he's going to be the starter. Um, so, you know, hopefully they're going to put all their, their faith in, in Cam Newton and let him take that over. Um, I think teams like the Miami Dolphins, you know, they're, they're a threat as well. Um, they've been kind of a dumpster fire the last couple of years, and it's been really hard for them to get an identity. Um, I think the coaching, you know, is, is good. And I think they have some good draft picks. Um, but they don't really have an identity, and it's it's hard for Miami to really know what to do on the field. And without definitely that identity, the, the leadership that, like, say, a, a Belichick is going to bring for you or Josh McDaniels is going to bring for you, um, they can take, like you said, basically nobody. If you go back and you look at the New England Patriots over the last four or five Super Bowls that they've won, they don't have the same players on the team every year. The only ones they right. really have is Tom Brady and um, Gronk, well, and that's right. it. That's true. Everyone else, they've kind of taken pieces and subbed them in and subbed them out. So I think the the genius behind the New England Patriots is being able to use those pieces that maybe no one either had or wanted or were at the end of their career and suck a little more life out of them. The Antonio Browns and Moss, you know, like yeah. you said, the Jarrett Stidhams and the right. Brian, uh, the, you know, those guys and and make a championship out of them. So I, I think people need to be very aware of the New England Patriots. You know, this is not over. This, you know, there may be a new chapter, it may pay a new page in the book for the New England Patriots. Right. But I think that thread is definitely still there. Yep, definitely well put there. Um, you know, transition a little bit into the NFL. So, I mean, this is great and all exciting talk for us, uh, honestly, Josh. But uh, what, what about, you know, we, we still have that concern. You know, we see like cases spiking here. You know, you and I are living in Florida. The NBA is, is literally about 30 days away from trying to start up a season in, in the midst of all this here in, in the pandemic. Um, you, you know, what, what are your thoughts about sports returning, NFL returning? And I mean, cause it's going to come by quick What you know, it's July. We're already in July. I mean, training camp is supposed to start sometime beginning of August, end of July. And then you're going to get, pre- you're supposed to get preseason games, right? I'm, I'd imagine those will look manless. And then before you know, we're snapping our fingers and we're already at the beginning of September where the season's about to start. So, you know, what, what's your perception of the season and, and the future of sports right now? I think that's hard as well. Um, I think COVID-19 was definitely something that came in and took the whole world by shock and, and, and changed the way that everyone lives and, and the, the way that we affect everything from, you know, healthcare providers to law enforcement, to government entities, to schools, to people working in grocery stores, to the average guy that, you know, uh, just goes about his, his daily life. And, and I think, um, you know, one of the great, uh, combining uniting factors that we have out there is sports. And I think sports has kind of been something that people can get behind, whether you're, you know, Republican, Democrat, North, South, East, West, whatever you might be. um, Everyone can kind of agree that, you know, the Bucks are my team or the Falcons are my team, or I'm a big Orlando city lions fan, or I'm definitely a a New York Yankees fan or whatever it might be. Um, and, And I think if you look at that, it would be hard to live in a world without sports. And I think the way these teams are going to go about reopening and getting players, like you said, the NBA coming into Orlando and having all their, the, the remaining teams come into Orlando 
and giving guys the chance to opt out and say, you know what, that's too much of a risk for me. Right, right. I have a son who has asthma, or I have a mother who's being treated for cancer or whatever, and I just can't do it. That's fine. You're you're good. You're excused. Um, I don't know. I mean, how are they going to treat 90 guys on a roster, um, 100 guys on training camp, and and you know, guys who possibly would live with them or live in the house with them, or they're sharing a home, or they have interactions with their grandparents, or you know, a sick family member or maybe a wife or a, a cousin or husband or whatever uh, who, who works in a medical field who has interactions with this kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a hard decision to make. <laughs> right, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the commissioner. I, exactly. That, decision. that is exactly. I've, I've said it. I've echoed that a million times, man. I, I just can't imagine having to make these decisions, having to set these things up. But I think that across the board, they're they're giving them platform. They're opening up the league and say, "We'll play if you want to play, and we respect that if you don't want to play." And I think that's the most fairest thing that we can go with right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, j- just to, to pave the way, it's it seems like you know, unfortunately, as much as it seems like you and I have attended so many games, that might be put on pause for quite some time. So, but I like I said, I, I will take what we can get. Fanless games will be okay for me as long as we can all safely do it the correct way. Um, definitely for you. I mean, c- coming into this season, though, like how, how based on the way the last season ended, I mean, Mahomes, one of the youngest quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl, um, definitely great talent. I mean, that that was a great team. I mean, the, the thing about the Chiefs, man, it was that they played from behind like in almost every game in the playoffs. They just thought it was like mm-hmm. fun to just, hey, let's just go down by 20. We'll, we'll, we'll be OK. They just thought it was fun. It's, it's just like they just toyed with teams when they play them in the playoffs. Um, and then just to see that team actually win the Super Bowl and just get some, you know, fresh new young faces in this league. You have Lamar Jackson, like you said, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, Saquon Barkley is as a, as a running back. That's great. Um, how do you feel about the direction of the NFL now, the talent? Because it seems like, you know, you had the Peyton, the Tom Brady, the Aaron Rodgers. And now that's and, you know, obviously those, you know, Peyton's gone. Um, how do you feel about the the shift and the transition of talent now in the NFL? I definitely feel that, you know, the old guard is, is leaving us quickly. Um, you know, uh, like I said in the beginning, you can't look back and, and not see the role that those players had, the Peyton Manning, the Brett Favre, uh, the Aaron Rodgers, guys that were around for years and years and years. Um, you know, I will Philip Rivers be the quarterback in, in Indianapolis for a long period of time? No, I don't think he will. I think he's kind of a, uh, a stopgap for right now until maybe something better comes along. I think he has some gas left in the tank, but not a tremendous amount. Um, but I think this is definitely going to be the league that is going to transition into these younger players. Uh, Lamar Jackson, if you watched him on TV or, or you've been to a game and you've seen the, the, the man play, um, he, he's fantastic. He, he's, they call him video game mode uh, because he literally does not look like he's a human being. He bounces around the field. He can run at full go, stop, back up, make a hard right turn and go around a defensive back and get in the end zone. Um, like you said, you know, Pat Mahomes, you know, it, it never really bothered them um, to to go down by 15, 20, 30 points. They just kind of looked at it as a, there's another challenge. We can get through this. Right. And sure <laughs> enough, they did. And they got to the Super Bowl. And, you know, even the Super Bowl didn't exactly. quite go the way they right. wanted it to. Exactly. The 49ers kind of laid it to them a little bit. And they had to kind of dig out of that hole once again and find their way into the end zone once again. And sure enough, they ended up being the Super Bowl champions. So, you know, I think this is going to be the league where a lot of these younger players are taking over. You know, will this be. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew's league. Will this be Leonard Fournette's league? Will this be, like you said, Saquon Barkley has already proven himself. Um, Lamar Jackson has proven himself. Um, and, and I think that's where we're going with this. And I think these are going to be the new faces that we're going to see 
every Sunday, every Monday, every Thursday. Um, and, and, you know, you're going to have these older players that are going to step in and they're going to be, you know, the analysts, they're going to be the ones who are going to hear the broadcast. You know, you're going to hear, um, Booger McFarland in the booth. You're going to hear, you know, maybe Tom Brady, uh, once he hangs up the cleats, maybe he's going to be like a live uh, broadcast guy. You've already got Tony Romo out there who had a fantastic career and he's already been shown that he's done a fantastic job as a broadcaster. Um, and so I, I think they're going to be the ones who are going to provide that knowledge to the fan of what's going on while you're watching these young guys go out there and just thrill us from week to week. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting. I see, it seems like a lot more of the NFL side does go in directly into like that TV personality and they really break it down for you, man. So I, I think, I think that's the part I've started enjoying that reason why I've become more educated because I've never played football, like organized football, I played basketball. So I can tell you what a shotgun is. I can tell you what I formation is, man. But and when a blitz is coming, but that's about it. <laughs> There's a lot that I don't really get too much into with football as a fan that deep, but I still would understand the game at some point. Um, but when they break it down, it's a whole different story. Like you start to realize like, all right, like this makes sense. So, you know, I love, I love that about a lot of the former guys getting in the booth, like you mentioned there. And you see it and you see a guy like Tony Romo, who's so good at what he does. Um, and and he can predict the next play because of all the experience that he's had. If you have a three four four, or you have you know two linebackers coming up in the middle, he knows you got to dump that ball off to the running back underneath, or he's going to look to the sideline to change that play, or you know when he's calling the audible and changing the play at the line of scrimmage, he knows he's going to bring the running back away from him, so he's going to have more room to react. And you know it's almost like he has that that pipeline, that headset, that he can hear the coaches calling the play on the sideline. And that's just because he has so much experience. He knows what he's talking about. And if you listen to Tony Romo, when he broadcasts the games, he does such a fantastic job. You almost can just close your eyes and just listen to him because he knows he can tell you what's going on in the field. He knows which way to run the ball. He knows which way the pass is going to go. He knows where the defense is going to line up. And it's after all his years of experience. And I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be a valuable tool as, as, as we go forward. Right, and then you got Peyton Manning on the ESPN special. Uh, you know, once you have to subscribe and you get a little bit more, uh, I forgot how they call it, but he, you know, Peyton breaks it down for you as well. So it's fun to see those guys, you know, not just take you know years away from the game, but they kind of jump right into it after a year or two off. They just get right to it. So and then Jason Witten as well. You know, he has a, a oh, media yeah. analyst job as well. So and it's fun, yeah. Like you said, I I would agree with that there. Um, you know, I just want to have a little fun here uh, towards the end of the, this segment for you. Um, any super early predictions you wanted to throw out there uh, for this season coming up, if there can be a season? Uh, the really unnecessarily way too early Super Bowl prediction. Um, oh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are always a threat. Um, I've been a big fan of Pat Mahomes since the day he came into the league. Um, you know, you can't turn your back on the Patriots. Uh, I think they have a lot of toys to play with. Um, you know, uh, I think the Bucks look good this season. I, I think not just having Tom Brady, but I think having a leader like that brings you a lot of, uh, a lot of guidance. A lot of younger players will look to him and they'll kind of emulate what he does and that'll kind of help them to play stronger. Right. Um, I, I still like the Seattle Seahawks, uh, NFC West. I still like them. Uh, Russell Wilson is, is just a fantastic player. Um, he's been a great leader for his team. Um, and, and he definitely, has been somebody who's who's stepped up and uh, I'm sorry, NFC NFC West, yeah, NFC West. Um, he's been a great player. He's been somebody who stepped up for his team and, and really played hard. Um, AFC North, I I, I kind of like the Cleveland Browns. 
Um, you know, as much as okay. uh, Lamar Jackson is a, is a fantastic player, I, I kind of look for the Cleveland Browns to step up and, and, and be a leader in the AFC North. Um, AFC South, I, I, I definitely got to say, you know, that one's up for grabs. Uh, there's new quarterbacks all over the place. Gardner's going to be a great quarterback. You've still got Lamar. Uh, you've still got um, you know, the Texans. you got uh, Phillip Rivers and the Colts. You've got uh, Mariota moving on from the Titans, and, and, and you've got them uh, with a new face. Um, you know, me being a homer, I, I got to go with my Jaguars. I think my Jaguars are going to take it this year, although, you know, they have a long way to go. Uh, and, and I think they're going to they're going to work hard. Um, AFC East. I, 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 I'm i going to go with the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to take the AFC East. I think they're going to be the AFC East champions. And then uh, AFC West. I mean, you got the Broncos, the Chiefs, the the Chargers, and the Raiders. Uh, I I, I got to go with the Chiefs. I think they're going to step up. Right. I think Pat Mahomes is going to keep doing what he does. Um, NFC North, you got the Bears, the Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and the Vikings. Um, the Vikings are one of those sneaky teams. Uh, they can beat you at any time. I think the Green Bay Packers maybe have lost a little bit of a step. Um, uh, you know, the Lions have had kind of hard luck. I'm going to look for the Bears to step up this year. I'm going to look for them to step up and, and, and take it. With Nick um, Bowles, right. Yeah, I think that's a good landing spot for him. Um, I think he didn't quite work out in Jacksonville just because of his injury and then the team kind of lost faith in him. But I think he kind of has a new chance at the Bears and, and stepping up and being their starting quarterback. Um, NFC East, uh, you got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins. You know, never count out Dak. Dak and the, Dak Prescott and the boys. Uh, Ezekiel, Dak Prescott, all the toys they have there. I, I'm, I'm going to put the Cowboys at the top of the NFC East. Okay. Um, and the all NFC right. South, you know... <laughs> You know, you got the Falcons, the Panthers with their new quarterback, the Saints with all their toys, and then the Bucks. I mean, come I, on, Josh, you're a Floridian. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it, for me, I, I, I gotta say the Saints. I think it's gonna be the Saints. I think they're gonna step up. I think they just have too long of a history. You got, you know, Taysom Hill. You got Drew Brees. You got, you know, Mike Thomas. You got all the toys that they have there. Although, don't count out the Bucks. Uh, you know, like I said, bringing in Tom Brady and having that leadership is definitely gonna do something for the team. And I see them to to, to come out and work hard. And of course, the NFC West. You got the Cardinals. Uh, you got the uh, LA Rams. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And the San Francisco, the uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks. You know this one. I, the the Niners went to the Super Bowl last year. I, I like I said, I still like the Seattle Seahawks. I I, I think they're going to be the ones. I think they're the ones who step up and they're going to be the leaders. I can agree. The West. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be uh, if I had to go and look at the NFC teams, that would be a threat this season. Definitely with the Bucks on the bubble there. I, I think that definitely the Seahawks would be concerning. Um, it's they're kind of overdue as well, you know, a little, a little mishap last year, but um, I feel like this year it, it, I, it'd be a little bit more of a threat. And I think the ridiculously early, way too early to predict, absolutely has no bearing on anything Super Bowl <laughs> matchup. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Saints and. I'm going to go the Chiefs and the Saints are going to be the two. I think that's going to be it. And I'm I'm going to say that the Saints are going to be the Super Bowl champions. That's just throwing it out there. Uh, you know, here we are at the end of June, not quite into July. We're not in a training camp yet, but I like the Saints to go all the way and I like the Chiefs to go all the way. So we'll, we'll fair, see man. if that works out. That's fair. I mean, you know, that's like, like you said, super early. No, nothing to weigh on it. But, you know, of course, that can change once we do this, this season preview. But um, 
this has been great josh um you know at the end here as i mentioned we always do shout outs man anybody you want to shout out today your first um, official episode you know i i want to thank uh you know my family for for supporting me and stepping up and listening and i want to thank all the listeners and, and everyone who's going to be involved with the podcast and uh you know uh, follow us tell your friends uh you know uh, be involved with our sponsors and, and and make sure you support them and uh listen to my podcast my personal podcast is florida fun podcast and you can find me on the google play store breaker anchor.fm and lots and lots of other places and i would certainly appreciate it Awesome, Josh. Appreciate you, man. We will catch up with you once there's a little bit more NFL, hopefully another month, man. It's going to come by really fast here, and let's just hope at least we we can get the games in session and instead of, you know, getting a cancellation, that would that'd probably be probably the worst. But, you know, we're, we're definitely ready for football. We, we need your football. It will. It will. Yeah, football, come on back. We've missed you. Come on back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Gabe here. Gabe, how are you doing today, man? How are you feeling about this NBA coming back, man? It's sports. We got to put our money on something, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's... laughs> Gabe is back That's in the building. Me. I mean, we're, we're happy. Uh, I'm sure you're happy because obviously you're Miami Heat having an incredible season. And, of course, it was cut short. Yeah, I know, man. It's crazy. But I, I still feel like we'll pick up the momentum. And, we, you know, we'll get it running again. I, I like our team and Pat Riley's conditioning program. So I feel like, you know, we'll, we'll be just fine. So um, we just got to see how it goes the first, I guess, few games and how people are and the conditioning and stuff like that. But, yeah, everybody's going to be on the same playing field, you know. There's no home court. Everybody's just playing the same exact way. They all got cut off at the same exact time. So we're going to see who picks it up faster. Yeah, absolutely. And um, before we get into a little bit of an NBA talk here, as promised, um, I just want to pick your brain, get your opinion here now, because you got a new rival in the uh, – your Dolphins yes. there back back in and switch over to football real quick here. Uh, how how do you feel about Cam? Cam is a Patriot man. You, you a little little concerned? Um, I got the question is nobody knows what his health is like. I know I know he's passed the physicals and everything, but I guess it's his true. Deal, his deal, the deal he got, I think it's like closer to the minimum, but a little bit more. That's just based on you know his health holding up, I guess. But um, as far as my division, I mean. I don't know why it took people so long to sign him. I guess the injury concerns, but he's not like washed, even though he's 0 8 for his last uh, game starting. But he's still a serviceable player. He can still play the game. But as far as my division goes, I mean, if the Patriots get you, they must know something, right? So if that, if that, if that's the case, you know, it should, be, it should be a nice division this year. You know, a toss up. it's still a toss up. I don't know who's going to win it, but they could probably be the favorites. You know, if you got Bilicek, you know, guiding Cam. That's the recipe for uh, success right there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I would agree with it. Okay, that was that was fair. That was fair from a Dolphins fans, guys. You heard that. <laughs> that was fair, man. That was fair. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see different what happens. But, you know, just interesting. You know, Florida, you know, Florida over here trying to make some noise. Miami, you know, we got Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. We got Tom Brady in Tampa. We, we need you guys to make some noise, man. So, you know, <laughs> Florida's got to look good, man. You know, we were hosting the NBA. We were, hope, we're hosting the MLS in Orlando. Yeah. We need Miami to step up, man. But we got the Heat. We got the NBA. We'll, we'll talk about that for this segment here, as promised with you. Um, so far, what you've seen, man, like Friday was pretty much uh, 0 to 100. They basically announced that players and owners and league agreed to fully going through with the season. And ESPN dropped the schedule at 7 p.m. Eastern time that night. It was it was, it was, was happening, you know. We're, we're about 30 days away here. We're in July already. Um, 
How do you feel about the format and the return so far, based on what you're seeing? Well, I feel like this is the year, well, the year, I guess the half a year. But if you're going to experiment with this whole tournament thing, this is the time to do it because the season is already short, you know what I mean? So instead of waiting until next year to start it as a, as a full season, you can do it now considering the circumstances and what's going on in the world. So um, I don't mind the format. I'm actually looking forward to it to see how it works out because let's see if it works out fine here. You know, they can probably adopt it, you know, in future seasons. But um, like I said, this is the time to experiment with it and uh, to see what works and what doesn't work. But um, as far as the NBA is coming back, yes, I'm ready. I'm, I, I don't care who's playing who. Home court doesn't matter. Just give me some damn sports, please. <laughs> I, I, I hear you absolutely. Now, I mean, the interesting part about this, right, is when I thought about it, I'm like, okay, like this, this thinking about it, this will be really cool to see in the future, like you mentioned. But then I'm like, you know what, Gabe, we, re- we really get this already. And we kind of yeah. just look it over. And if you know what I'm talking about, we get Summer League. So it's just Vegas instead of Orlando, you know? And it's a bunch That's- of young guys. So I feel like the young guys that are, are the rookies this year, the you know the second, third year players that need experience, or guys that are trying to make rosters as well, um, that yeah. are unsigned, because some of those guys are getting contracts or two way contracts right now, right? <laughs> because just in case, you know. So it's like yeah. it's kind of weird. It's like okay, you guys should be accustomed to this because you're literally. I mean, they're starting at the end of July. Usually summer summer leagues at the beginning of July. So it's like you're mm-hmm. literally going to be playing not just against a bunch of other guys like NBA hopefuls and younger rookies. You're playing against LeBron. Giannis, top of the top, right? So, you know, I, I think like we already kind of get this type of atmosphere, this type of feel. And I think the NBA probably thought about that when they were coming to Orlando. They were like, hey, you know, like we've already posted up shop in Vegas. Like, why can't we just kind of take this as a cookie cutter and move it over to Orlando? Um, because, you yep. know, we have close ties with Disney and ESPN and we can make this mm-hmm. happen. So I, I thought about it too. I think it'd be kind of fun and it's fun to see something like this happen occasionally. Maybe do it yeah. with like um, the teams that didn't make the playoffs. So maybe you can take like there's 16 teams that makes the playoffs. Maybe take like the the bottom 10 or whatever, have them play off. Mm-hmm. Do like an extra like month of a tournament somewhere, you know, in a different city, Vegas, or come back to Orlando, and mm-hmm. give incentivize them. Maybe give them a higher draft pick or something, man. I guess that 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 would be cool for me to see that way. Those guys get extra basketball instead of just ending their season in April. So. I don't know. I think that, that would be cool, like you mentioned. Um, and something like the rookies, like they've been here and done this. Like they played college tournaments in cities. You know, they spent weeks in the cities. Maybe not a weeks, but a couple, you know, days or a week in the city. Played a tournament on the same court as other other um, teams. Um, AAU, it's an AAU system, man. I mean, it, the plan feels um, different. But I feel like for um, guys like LeBron, like the, the elite veterans. Yeah. you know for them basketball is basketball it doesn't matter where it's played how it's played in a sense of environment you know whether it's fans or without fans basketball is basketball so that's how i feel about it um exactly. what do you think about the advantages here no home court no travel so that's that's huge and then um think, same access to the same facilities same workouts same facilities yeah i mean i think that's that's good for the lower seated teams because home court you know whether people think it doesn't matter or not it actually matters Let's say if you're playing a series, right, and you got game seven on the road, oh, that matters a lot. I mean, the atmosphere, you know, a lot of young players, they might not like the atmosphere, it, it matters. So it's like here, since there's no travel, you know, you can, you can even play back-to-back, so you're in the same damn building. Um, there's no home court. So I feel like there's a lot of room for upsets. And actually, that's what I want to see. You know, since LeBron wanted to play basketball so much. <laughs> you know, wow. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
I, I want to see upsets. I want to see teams that otherwise wouldn't beat, you know, these teams in a regular setting, you know, upset them. So I, I don't mind it. It's fun. You know, it's different, you know, and I want to see how it plays out. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I think it works out for all the teams, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And that's pretty much how I feel with the, the playing field being very much the same. Like you said, there's no home court game seven. Okay. It's the same environment. We're just going in on maybe court a or court B, but literally the same environment. So I think that's that's the cool part about this, and like you said, it does benefit the underdogs. Um, and you know some of those guys that are on elite teams, and you know uh, they may be role players that feed off the crowd. I mean, we as athletes, if you've ever played a sport, you, you would you would understand that a little bit better. And it's true, they sometimes they perform better at home with the home crowd, and you know now it's it's an even playing field. So how are they going to do this without you know? It's more of a mentality game, and um, you know people yeah. talk like you know, you're going to throw an asterisk on this season just because it's just not a full complete season. But I think this is going to be one of the, the best seasons to mentally see how a lot of guys respond and play, um, you know, and I think if everything outside of the bubble uh, starts to get better, you know, like we're talking about the pandemic getting better. We're talking about, you know, a lot of the, uh, the social, uh, you know, the racial tensions in, in the country, if that starts to take a little bit more of an upswing and gets a little bit better, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it eases their minds because at the same time, it's like, hey, you're, like, you're in this bubble and you're thinking about this, these things on top of like, you know, and here I am playing basketball. I think for a lot of the younger guys that, that might get to them a little bit. Um, so that, that would be my concern. Besides that, though, I, I absolutely agree, man. This couldn't. This could potentially see, especially not just the first round. I think the first round can can probably be a little bit more casual. Yeah. But that second round is going to be really interesting. Uh, and and then we talked about this before the show. The rust of these guys, we oh, don't yeah. who's rusty. The chemistry, you know, it's been months. I mean, supposedly there's some secret workouts between these teams. You know, uh, according to JJ Reddick, kind of shouting out the Lakers, but uh, you know, we, we you know it's still you still got to go out there and play against. You know, it's different once you get out there and play the real life game, man. Exactly, and some players have lost weight, like James Harden, um, right. the uh, Denver center. I forgot his Jokic. name. Jokic. Um, yep. Oh, Jokic. Yeah, you know, like some guys have lost weight. They use this time to better their bodies, and then you might have some that come back a little, you know, heavier than usual. So, you know, it all depends on the players. You know, um, I guess all time and what he's done is all time to prepare himself just in case the season started up again. So, yeah. you know, I, I want to see the, the conditioning these guys are in. But um, yeah, like I said, I, I like it. I like the, the the potential for upsets, and you know, it's like I said, it gives the younger guys that otherwise wouldn't make rosters a chance to shine, you know, and show what they got. You have nothing to lose in this format. You just got to play hard every night, and you never know, man, you could be a champion out of nowhere. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about this play-in tournament. So basically, I'm I'm gonna call this the Dame tournament, um, for obvious reasons. So obviously, you know, there's a play-in tournament for the eighth and ninth seed. So the rule of thumb yeah. is if the A seed has a four game lead or less than the ninth seed, they will play the ninth seed in a play in tournament. So if you're mm-hmm. the A seed, you basically have to win one game and you're locked in, you go to the playoffs as the eighth seed. As the yeah. ninth seed, you're required for single elimination. So you have to win two games against the A seed to knock off the A seed and steal essentially you can say steal the A seed. So Yeah. Honestly, I don't see this happening in the Eastern Conference. The odds have it here. Uh, the Magic have already a 5.5 game lead over the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah. The Magic probably can win three to four games and tank the rest of the way and still be in the playoffs the way that I'm looking at it. 
And then um, it would be a significant meltdown from Brooklyn or Orlando to really allow the Wizards to have a play-in tournament at this point. And then the Wizards just have to shock everybody and pretty much win, like, go, go like, 6-2 and two in, like, the eight games that they're going to play. That's my opinion about that. Um, the West is a little bit different. Um, Portland is going to be considered, they're going to heavily be in there. Um, it's a three-game lead for the Grizzlies over the nine seed right now. So um, the Kings... The Suns, uh, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies, uh, and the Spurs are all going to compete for that last and final spot. Um, how, yeah. how do you feel about this format, Gabe? And the, do we even need this? Is it necessary right now, the way that it's looking? Well, I think they're doing this format just to test it out. Because remember, before this, all this stuff even happened, you know, they was talking about, you know, sort of splashing up the season, sort of, you know, changing it up because – I guess, according to some, you know, critics that the league has gotten a bit stale, you know, it's the same old thing, playoffs happen, boom, you find a champion, and that's it. So I feel like they're doing this now just to see if it will work in a condensed season, as short as the season will be towards the end of the season. So I, I don't mind the playoff tournaments. Like I said, it's something different. I want to see if it works. And if it works now um, and in the future, I want to see how the players will take it because, you know, there's going to be some disagreements. Some players are going to be like, oh, okay, you know, I really just play for the championship. Or some players might not feel up to doing that unless you incentivize them with more money. But um, as far as the league standpoint, I like what they're doing. It's different. They want to see if it works. And why not? You know, it's, it's a different format. The NBA's format has been the same since, what, the freaking, what, 70s, uh, 60s? So it's right. like, you know, change it up a bit. Let's see if it works or not. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 with it. I'm cool with it. It's just that like I probably expect to see a bit more because now I'm looking at the odds of this, of this really happening in either conference, and I, I obviously it, it just benefits the Western Conference a little bit more than it benefits yeah. the Eastern Conference, really, because you really only have Washington out there in the Eastern Conference, and it's like no one's challenging. Yeah, no one's challenging them. Yeah. So you know, in the Western Conference, I get it. You know, those there's a lot of more teams, and and I'm sorry I didn't mention the Pelicans as well. So the Pelicans are on on the uh the bubble as well for trying to steal the eighth seed as well. But I, I think it, it would be cool, honestly, to see if it was between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. You get, you know, John Morant and Zion Williamson battling out for the final playoff spot, and then they'll go on and play most likely LeBron and the Lakers. So yeah. I think it, it builds that drama, that hide that it, the NBA wants to kind of build and see. So, I mean, I'm down for it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. You know, I'm going to eat up and uh, watch oh, that no no matter what happens. <laughs> so exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just wish there was a bit more, I guess, you know, maybe do the, the 1 through 16 seed with the play-in tournaments, you know, from like, uh, you know, the last four seeds, have them do a play-in tournament, um, or like the last four, I guess you can do last, last four seeds versus like the, if you do top 16, like have the the, eight, the 18th and 19th um, seeded yeah. or, you know, record teams, have them try to get a play-in tournament. I think I kind of would have enjoyed that a little bit more but I'll take what we can get, like you said. Um, but it seems like good old Michael Jordan wanted to put his input with Adam Silver and say, nah, let's just leave it the same. Let's just have it <laughs> east first, west, one through eight, seven-game series. So mm-hmm. that that is that there. Um, what, how do you feel about predictions, man? Any early, super early predictions you want to make today based on what you know? It might be a little too early, but, you know, I like I like throwing something out there. As far as who wins the whole thing, anything you want to predict. Um, 
Man, like I said, I, I took a shot at LeBron earlier. I felt like I felt like he was the sole reasoning for uh, <laughs> the season starting up because he wants that ring. <laughs> so, um, I feel, it, yeah, you know, if, if they have a secret workout, I, I feel like they they're gonna be the team to beat. Now, you know, it, it just depends on who shows up because, like we said, we don't know who's testing positive aside from the net. Right. We don't know other teammates or other players are testing positive for you know for COVID nineteen. So it depends on who's on the roster. So making a prediction at this point might not be wise. Now, if the Lakers have the whole roster, then I'm going to go for the Lakers. But like you said, we saw the Nets got like three players tested positive, so that kind of hurts them, even though they're not really contending to begin with. This is kind of a throw-in team. But, um, yeah, like I said, to make a prediction now without seeing who's actually going to be on the roster is kind of uh, a bit premature, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's just assume this here. we got full rosters. And I'll throw this bone at you. Uh, biggest threats to your Miami Heat? Yeah, yeah see, I'm not gonna be biased with them. See, I like them. You know, only only you know, uh, Jones Jr. just tested positive for it. But uh, you know, he's okay. We, we can go without him. I, I feel like you know, no lie. Look, I'm, I'm gonna try to be biased. I feel like we're a good team. We can hang with the Bucks. You know, we beat them on their home <laughs> court at one point. I feel like we have a good shot at taking the East. You know, I, I'm not just saying that because I'm from Miami, of course. But they really do play a fun style of a brand of ball, you know? So, um, other than the East, um, who else besides the, the Bucks and the Raptors? I feel like the Raptors are more of a challenge than the freaking Bucks are. So I feel like they, they have more around their players, and they, they've been there already before. They've won a championship, obviously, you know, with Kawhi. But I feel like they might be more of a challenge um, in the East. Now, in the West, it all comes down to the Clippers and the Lakers, obviously. So, I don't really see any other team challenging them. I mean, it's nice to have Zion and LeBron. You know, they might play a first-round series if they can still AC. I mean, Zion is there just for eyes, for entertainment. Because I don't think the Pelicans have a realistic chance of doing any damage in the playoffs. But I think it's going to come down to the same two teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. And between those two guys, it's a toss-up. They keep adding new players. J.R. Smith is on the team now. So it's just it's just crazy, you know. Right, uh, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if everything stays the way it is right now, Miami takes the fourth seed. You know, you guys would be looking to probably play the Pacers in the first round, and then have to move on and play Milwaukee in that second round. Um, so the Pacers, they're pretty tough too. That's yeah, not, that won't be an easy series by any means because if Depot comes back with a little more gusto, that could be a tough series for us right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I, I would say, you know, I would say Miami try to move up as close as possible and see the Bucks at the end. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it is a Miami and Milwaukee um, Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely wouldn't be surprised. Um, but then again, like, I don't want to count Toronto. I think they've looked very good, very, very good coming in um, to this season without Kawhi. You know, I thought about, you know, Philly, right? Because they're in it, too. So it's like Philly's had trouble on the road, you know, playing teams in the playoffs. There's no home court advantage. This might actually help them. You know what I mean? They might not have to That's deal with road struggles this time. So it's a lot of unknown factors that are playing into all this stuff. But yeah, you know, we can't discount Philly. But if Ben Simmons comes back again, still with no jump shot, yeah, I'm gonna just <laughs> we'll see. Last thought here: Do you feel like um, the eight games is enough to get this rejuvenated and go into a playoffs? It's almost like a, a mini preseason, I guess you could right. say. I mean, it's pretty much just to get them in rhythm. But um, as far as it being enough, 
I would say you probably get them, get them about three or four games to get into a rhythm, and then the last four games, they'll probably go all out. I'm not saying they won't go all out from the start, but I feel like they need at least three or four games just to get their legs under them, to get, you know, a rhythm going. And then it should intensify in the last four games of the season. So it, it might be enough. It, it, should, it, should, it should suffice. I, I think I think they'll be fine once they get like three or four games under their belt. Yeah, I, I would hope so too as well. I mean, there's, there's teams like, you know, obviously if the Clippers say, all right, you know what, we'll give in to the Lakers, let, let them have the number one seed. A team like the Bucks, you know, they're kind of uh, far ahead. Because, you know, when you, ha- when you have like a six, seven, eight game lead over the seed and you're, you know, you only have eight games left. You know, I mean, yeah. you still have to think about balancing a roster out. You don't know what guys are going to be like. Um, haven't played ball in a while. So, you know, I think that that's like you said, it's going to be it's just the unknown, man. Like, we don't know what it's going to be like. But at some point, um, you would hope to see the competition, you know, kind of peak in the playoffs. That's definitely the right opportunity. So what about those last few games? Because you get to like the last game, like the eighth game and like the Washington Wizards might not even be considered to be in the playoffs. So what do they do? Do they, do they play? Do they start a bunch of their young guys? You know, and depending who they play that last game, you know, it could be um, somebody that may need to move up in the rankings and the seeding. So I think what what would happen, what we need to look out for too as well, it's not about home court advantage right now. It's about the path that you want to take to get to the finals. Um, So, you know, that's what's going to be fun about these last eight games because everything from second seed down to eighth seed is very, very close. So there is room for movement and shifting in the seeding. Um, your number one mm-hmm. seeds again. They're they're so far ahead. It would take a major meltdown for them. Basically, lose all eight games. I w- I would say here, if you're not Milwaukee, if you're not Los Angeles, you are not the Lakers at least. You you may want to go ahead and compete just a little bit, just to go ahead and and, and pick your path. You know, like like you said, uh, Miami. If if they they finish in the fourth spot and the Bucks are locked into number one, you know you're gonna see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Should you move on, you know, so. It's definitely uh, a little difficult. All right, Gabe, any uh, shout-outs here towards the end of the show? Um, Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, I guess shout-out to Dana White, even though I've been on his ass about pants and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for this uh, next fight to come up in two weeks at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. You know, um, he's, he's finally getting to use his international fighters because he's burning out the U.S. fighters. You know, by having a fight like multiple events within months, since he couldn't really get players to come in from out of you know the country to fight. But um, yeah, shout out to Dana White and UFC for putting on this fight to Fight Island. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, yeah, man. I just want to shout out to everybody out there listening, man. Once again, just follow us at Baseline Times, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and um, you know, we did we did have our our giveaway. Uh, shout out to LA Baseball Kid on Instagram. He did win. Uh, something from our sponsors at focal.com so we appreciate everybody following us now and listening to us here today um any last minute thoughts gabe no let's just get basketball back man like i said we gotta put our money somewhere right we're dying i can't do Korean baseball i can't do nascar you know it's got to be basketball football <laughs> it's got to be the main main sports like, i need these main sports Fair enough. All right, Gabe. Well, you take care, man. We will be chatting very soon as the NBA hopefully doesn't get canceled. You know, being in Florida here, um, things are kind of crazy. But uh, yeah. at least we can do a preview show, man. Let's 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 bank on that coming up here in another couple of weeks for you. Definitely, definitely. All right, man. Appreciate it. <laughs>